0: This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. But we've still got three road course races, and to me, that's as big of a wild card as anywhere we go
1: all year. So. Oh yeah, you can run top five all day and get spun on the last lap and take thirtieth. And then you're madder than a horn. <laughs> you're tuned in to Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's
0: Pale Ale, the original craft beer in a can. Visit OscarBlues.com to find out where Dale's is sold near you today. Now here's your host Regan Smith and Heath White.
2: Welcome to another episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale. I am first name Davis. I hope that was enough enthusiasm for you, Regan. That
0: was not. That was uh, that was probably worse than Heath actually. <laughs> well, it's
2: actually well then it's just like having Heath back.
0: It, it feels about the same right there. Yeah, it does. It does.
2: Well, we're in week two without Heath White here, Regan and I, but we're joined by crew chief of the number nine Napa Auto Parts car, Ernie Cope. Ernie, how are you doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Welcome, Ernie. I, I guess as we jump into Indy week,
1: big
0: week, and, and for those who don't know, Ernie is the crew chief on the number nine Napa Chevy at Junior Motorsports with Chase Elliott. Um, huge week, huge race. Everybody wants to go to Indy, wants to win. Um, I think you, have you won there before? Yeah, have, have not not not. You've yeah. You've won at a lot of places, Indy not being one Indy's of them. Then. not one of them. Okay, nope. all right. Well, that was, I had about a 50-50 shot of being <laughs> right there, so I <laughs> yeah. was going with it. Um just talk to us a little bit about India, a little bit about what you expect this weekend, and and you know going into what the what the mindset is for a place like that.
1: Yeah, they kind of threw a curveball at us this week with this new uh, high drag package. So we felt like we had a good car last year, and that now they throw this at us. So we're kind of looking at what the downforce and drag differences are, and probably not going to go too much different. But you you got to take that in consideration. It does change the setup just a little bit. Yeah, I was, and I know
0: you speak of that package, and, and some of the listeners might not know about that. We've known about it for three or four weeks now. And, and the, the interesting part to me was, and, and I think everybody kind of kept hush-hush on it, NASCAR never announced it till this week. We finally saw some stuff out on, on social media and out on press releases where they announced this package. So what they're doing for us we're getting three inches on the rear bumper, lower, which is similar to what we run at the Speedways, an extra two inches across the back of the spoiler. So where what we would call the dog ears, what the fans would see there, that's now all the way straight across and flat. Um, in an effort to number one, slow the cars down. Probably, I'm assuming create more passing in their eyes. Uh, but at the same time, it throws it throws the crew chiefs <laughs> for a hell of a <laughs> curveball because we're halfway through the season and here you got three weeks to adjust for a brand new rules package. What you know, going into that package, what type of stuff through the shop? What type of things ha- has been worked on? Has it been wind tunnel? Has it been seven post? Has it? What do you guys look at? What would you look at first? And it foremost? has been, It's it?
1: been. It's been both. Uh, uh, we got the. We finished our Indy cars, of course, just come out of the body shop. They when we got the rule package, so the car was ready to go to the one tunnel on the following Monday. So we took it in the in the cur- its current state, then we put on the new rules package and saw the differences with it. So it was actually, the timing of it was was fine because that actually worked out for us. Right, right. Because we had a one tunnel day coming anyhow. Uh, just kind of had to adjust our one tunnel test plan, and uh, we did go to seven post and in uh, our you know we do our same thing, our pull down rigs and our simulation and. Just trying to get as much information as we can to, you know, we got almost three hours worth of practice, but it's never enough. <laughs> and uh,
0: We get three hours, but we're always scrambling that last five minutes to make six changes in five minutes. It, it never is. works out very it good. It is. It's
1: always, watch all these guys making qualifying runs and stuff I'm like I, I don't have enough race runs in it's like I want to I want another hour like no matter what when it ends it's not enough <laughs> <laughs> it's a typical theory in racing it, you know Daytona comes at the same time every year but
0: we always scramble right before we get there <laughs> yeah. the end of practice comes at the same time every week but we're always scrambling a lot more time before it gets there um and I know you know looking at it you've had success there had fast cars for whatever reason just haven't haven't quite managed to to seal the deal um naturally i think all three cars are going there this weekend with the intentions of winning and and being up front uh you know what's the what's the thing you look most at this weekend this race a lot of times comes into a fuel mileage race obviously you want to be up front at the right time but if you catch the cautions right it doesn't turn into a fuel mileage race so what do you what do you concern yourself with the most going into that from a actual race standpoint of how do we have the track position at the end of the race? What's your your priority? Uh, run the race back. Uh, or road racing, just not really
1: road, road racing. racing. That's right. <laughs> run it backwards, and hopefully your fuel mileage is, you're not getting beat on fuel mileage too bad, because a guy can steal one here by getting fuel mileage like he can on a road course about anywhere these days. Right, right. So uh, that, that that's the hard part, and that's uh, didn't gamble last year when I probably should have. We had enough caution laps. Uh, we led most of the race. Didn't think we could make it on gas. Opted. The pit and the other guys stayed out and uh it's hard to pass at indy and they end up getting enough caution last where we would have made it so speaking from hard, a driver's standpoint it though. is hard to pass there it, yeah. oh my goodness so that was a hard one to take but it's <laughs> way it goes and uh same thing we all want more power more more fuel mileage to to make it easier to take you did have eight wins last
0: eight right Five, I think. Five? Oh, sorry yeah. i don't know <laughs> Eight five. What's the difference eight. at that point? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys had a uh, had an extremely good year, and 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 naturally, uh, you know, were up front quite a bit. I thought, how many different drivers did you win with? Was it three, two, uh, four, five? Uh, <laughs>
1: no, just uh, just Kevin and
0: Casey. Kevin and Casey. <laughs> yeah, okay. Two. Now, before before coming to Junior Motorsports last year, you worked at KHI for a long time. You were
1: there for what four since, years? Five, since '07, and then uh, RCR bought out KHI, uh, going into 2012. So I was like. KHI slash RCR from 2007 to the end of 2013. Come over here so for the 2014 season. A long time with the same company
0: that uh, yes. essentially probably worked and ran the same. What uh, I think something interesting for me would be: what are the differences? You go from a from a KHI to a Junior Motorsports, and and there's every company's got their own way of doing things and their own different ways of doing things. What's what's the things that uh, that that stick out the most to you? That uh, good, bad, and different. What what stuff's the most different? What stuff's the same? Is it all
1: generally the same thing or? It's basically pretty much the same. It's set up the same way, you know, like uh, uh K- when I walk through here it reminds me a lot of K H I, you know what the you're not sitting there with a cup shop and everyone thinks that you're so cup affiliated when it's you know, you get motors and stuff from but it's, you're not getting the technical support that everyone thinks you are. I mean you're sitting there in a building in your own shop and, and your and your focus is is uh, Xfinity racing. That it's not cup racing you know, in the shop that you're in. So it's, the similarities of that are, are pretty close. The difference is they're like uh, Kevin drove the cars, and and he was hands-on, either uh, spoke to him face-to-face or on the phone almost every day. Mm-hmm. And his feed, you know, his feed it was built around him, what he wanted. And, you know, we had managers in every division, but at the end of the day, I'm going to say he was the competition director. Yeah, he he was hands-on
0: from top to bottom top, yes. and, and yeah. had, you know, spoke to everybody and, and it was really – Obviously involved because of it, of it being his company and yeah, and, uh, I think he was his
2: offices were there everything right
0: if yes. I remember correct yep. yeah so he was whether he was there for racing or he was there for other stuff he was there one he way there. or another yeah.
2: from working with RCR and KHI and then coming over here to work with Kevin did that make you feel more comfortable as soon as you got here
1: oh yeah it was that part mm. was easy like mm. really comfortable like he didn't run Daytona but he went mm. and ran Phoenix and it was like we never it was just, nothing had changed nothing had changed that mm. part of it the communi- you know there wasn't no wonder what he's looking for and uh it was just we just went out and raced
2: how's the transition to working with chase this year been uh, it, it's been I fine i mean it's just used <laughs> different personalities
1: different, different personalities i'll guarantee yeah. you that <laughs> yeah but having the same driver every week mm-hmm. you know is helps. so you get to work with the same person every mm-hmm. week and uh it's been fine i wish our cars were better i mean we're a little bit off on our cars right now and mm-hmm. uh, we all know that we're working hard to fix that and i think uh i think we found some things that i think will uh, get us better better moving forward and uh hopefully get and enjoy that with racing mm-hmm. with chase on because that's that's the worst thing that i've done it's kind of like the car's been on top of the cars on the xfinity mm-hmm. series for the last few years in the time where you get a, a younger driver in there is a time when just a little bit off on the equipment wise mm-hmm. and i'd like to like to get back to where we're running top three or four every week and i know he's capable of doing it we got to get the cars capable mm-hmm. of doing it as as is regan and uh whenever they got anyone in the 88 is also capable we got we always have Three good drivers at the track that are capable of winning and are experienced. I mean, uh, AD is going to have some ex- inexperience here moving forward, but our, we're, we're definitely working hard to get the cars better so we can.
0: Well, and that said, let's you know, let's not also look at this just where things are. You guys have been in position to, to win three, four races pretty easily this year. I think you got what three yeah. second places now, four second places uh, this year.
1: I know two, two. I can think of off bat for sure: Iowa and Michigan. Uh, we've had a we've had a few other good runs, but those uh, that one was a hard one. We're in turn three, coming the white flag, and the caution came out. <laughs> I felt bad
0: for you guys. I'm I'm riding around out there, and we had a, we had an off day with my car, and and I'm thinking, all right, we're almost to the white flag, you know, let's finish this thing off. And and Chase has got the lead, and you know, all right, cool company's gonna win. Boom, you're what 100 yards from the start finish line, something like yep. that here comes the flag if the flagger just accidentally picks up you know at the wrong time or something you get to the stripe and and the wind's done and it's over with and and yeah they put you guys in a bad situation there because that actually turned into a tire race there was a lot of us that didn't have tires left at that point that's right and and then there was a couple that had the tires left and and you know that's not really any anything of anybody's doing it's just how the race progressed and played out but that whole that event in particular i know you guys were were the dominant car. I mean, it just seemed like from start to finish, he was he was right up there and and, and moving the line up, moving the line down, doing whatever he needed to do, and and uh, was a was a very impressive run nonetheless. Yeah,
1: yeah, those are the ones that usually like to when you're that much better than everybody, you like to those, win ones, those ones. Yeah, those are the
0: ones yeah. that burn you. You won't you don't forget those ones. Yeah, those are the ones that stick out in your mind. You're like, oh man, I I see something interesting here that I did not realize. I've, we got some uh, a few notes here. I
1: didn't know you drove some Camping World races. I drove. I drove a couple. Uh, drove in '96. I ran a couple. I ran, uh, I think, one in '97,
0: '99. I drove two or three. Huh. That 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 was news to me. I I guess I didn't pay enough attention. I was I yeah, was pretty I'm young back then, so I might <laughs> yeah. have been you know running around high school when or I'm doing something. Who I, knows? I Moved but out
1: here for the '96 season. Uh, went to work at Jeff Bodine Racing, but uh, I raced uh, what they called Winston West back then on the West Coast for a season. Did mostly Northwest Tour, Southwest Tour, and. All of late model stuff, and start start out in a Pinot <laughs> back,
0: back in back in 80s as we all do at some point <laughs> in our life, right? That, yeah. It all goes back to the Pinot at some point or another. <laughs> yeah. What uh, so? What was that? I mean, what was that like from a driver's standpoint? Coming here, driving in in the trucks, does that does that help you better prepare for what goes on as a crew chief each weekend? I know a lot of a lot of crew I chiefs with success have driven, you know, in, in their in their past. Is that, uh, has that that played a big role for you? I,
1: I think so. It did, especially at st- uh, you know, at the start when I got going, but the, you know, the cars have changed so much since then. It's like it's a whole—you run a car so much differently than you did back then. And uh, probably get in one now, like I said, that's you're going on over 15 years ago. So it's <laughs> a little bit of time it, in it between. It be pretty bad. Yeah, a little bit of time in between. With there. that
2: background, are you can tune in to Eldora tonight. Report oh yeah, it's on Wednesday. Oh yeah, well, I watch all the races. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm a I'm a fan also. Are you a junkie? A racing junkie. I am. If it's on, I'm watching it. I know we talked about Eldora last week. Regan was saying that it's one of everyone in the racing community's favorite events of the year. Is there something you look forward to, particularly every race season, that you just cannot wait to sit down and watch? Uh, Eldora
1: is definitely yeah. one of them. I mean, that's I like I like watching short track racing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, whether Richmond, Bristol, Martinsville, those. Those are the races I like watching the most. I mean, uh, California's been putting on a good one, the, you know, the wore-out pavement. I mean, that's a whole different extreme, you know, two miles. But that's – anyone's got a lot of passing and tires are wearing out, to me, is better racing. We get these hard tires and counting on fuel mileage and guys can stay out. That ruins the racing a little bit for me. But I, I like the old – like watching the old Rockingham's Hams and Darlingtons where you guys – you get rabbits taken off and the guys are kind of taking care of their stuff. On the backside of the run, they're just flying by those other guys and sometimes lapping them. So I mean, uh, I definitely like to when there's a lot of passing going on and seeing tires wear out is is definitely the tracks I like to watch Atlanta. There's another one. Atlanta, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think we've seen
0: seen a common trend with everybody we've had in here and talked to and done different things. with. everybody resorts back to that old wore out racetracks, tires that fall off, and yeah. and it and it makes the makes the racing more exciting, not only for the fans but for the competitors. I think that that we all eat that up, and and even though some guys have had more success with the hard tire that, that doesn't necessarily fall off or that is really track position important and things like that I think even those guys when you talk to them they still prefer the other type of race and the other style kind of uh, we'll call it the late 90s early 2000s what was yeah. going on back then so um, you know there, there's obviously been a big push to to get back to that and and you know we'll see how that all plays out in the yeah, future I today. hope
1: so exactly that, that Kentucky race was enjoyable to watch watch and be able to you know, like Kyle Busch coming up to make a pass for lead at the end of the race. I don't know if he could have made that pass with the old package. Right. He just right. went up there, turned the car, and went by. I mean, that that arrow push. I mean, that it gets hard to watch sometimes, a mile and a half. It it
0: can it can do that occasionally. That's for sure. So, outside of racing, let's talk about you outside of racing because that's a lot of things that we like to highlight on the show. What's
1: what's your interest? I know you're a really good golfer, right? I'm not really good. I like to play. Compared to I, me, I like you're to be, really good. Let's yeah, put I, it I that like, way. I like to play. <laughs> I don't only go as far as really good. I I enjoy playing golf. Don't play as much as much as I like to because work gets in the way, unfortunately. Work does and, do that, yeah. And, uh, I mean, like, I get most satisfaction out of watching my kids play their sports and do their activities is uh, it's probably the biggest thing I enjoy. Got three kids, Three right? kids, yeah. Three kids. What yep. uh, what age brackets? Uh, 19, uh, 14, and 11. So you got
0: pretty much the whole spectrum covered there. You got one yeah. off to college. You got one... Getting ready to do
1: high, or actually in high school at fourteen. High, going to Scott, going to high school this year. He'll be uh, fifteen next month. Wow! So he'll be, uh, he's gonna be a he's going to be a freshman this year. So
0: so they keep you busy, I'm sure. Yep. What uh, what sports? Any sports more particular that they play that? Uh, no, you get to go check my, out? Uh,
1: my oldest one played baseball was his main sport. They played, and he's he's in college now, so he's just concentrating on school. And my uh, my son Blair, he's he's a lacrosse player. He's really into lacrosse, and and my daughter's in the dance and cheer. So the daughter's the youngest. 11-year-old, yes. So you're getting ready to go through the daughter stages of, <laughs> right
0: of all here. these guys, like, first name
2: coming, knocking on the door and saying, hey, can I take your daughter out for a date and this, yeah. that, and the other? Coming from Tacoma, what it's been like living here for so long now? You've been here for a while. Do you ever get back up to the
1: Pacific Northwest? I did uh, last summer. Like Our <laughs> car didn't run the full schedule last year, <laughs> and uh, we're usually racing all during the summer, and, and to me that's the best time of the year. The <laughs> Pacific Northwest is the summer, so. We had a couple races in a row we didn't run, so I, I I went back home for seven days and absolutely loved it. Got to see a bunch of family and friends, and the weather was perfect and really enjoyed ourselves. And I I, I try going back as much as I can because I mean the people you grow up, up with, you know, and those are the people that you you know closest to for life for me anyways, and that you trust the most, and that you're you know you find friends later in life, but it's still not the same as your to me as the kid the, the people I grew up with.
2: Do you ever try to get any anybody down on the West Coast trip to come see all race and try to see each other when you're just in that same area? I, um, I know Pacific Northwest isn't really close to where the West Coast trip happens. It's probably still a long drive or maybe even a flight for some of your family and friends, but do you try to make it happen when you're out there?
1: I always do, whether it's uh, Phoenix, California, and uh, Vegas. I always have somebody hmm. that I knew. I, I get buddies from high school. That'll show up. Matter of fact, I had a guy from high school show about two months ago. He was in South Carolina, and uh, he says, hey, I'm in uh, Hilton Head. How far am I from you? And I said, you're a long ways, but like <laughs> four hours. He goes, all right, I'll see you in four hours. And he, he drove up and, uh, punched in my address, and he showed up. So that was that was cool to see. Well, that's all your Seahawks fan. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Somehow I knew you were uh-huh. gonna ask that question. I figured. I that. knew it was coming. And
2: Mariners. So and Mariners. Baseball right and now. Sonics. It's sad to see the Sonics go. Yeah,
1: that's that's sore uh-huh. subject.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it is.
1: Well, anti-Thunder.
2: Anti-Thunder.
1: Well,
0: I guess the good news is is uh there, there's been some rumors of more basketball teams coming back to that area potentially and hockey teams so you might have you yeah, might have they somebody keep, to latch keep hearing back on about to.
1: it. They keep talking about it, but they wanna. See, get done.
0: What, uh, working with Kevin Kevin and the guys that you worked with last year to working with yeah. Chase this year, what's the personalities like on the radio? Kevin, I, I know I've listened to him in the cup races quite a bit, and and it seems like he can be pretty high-strung and, and really on the chip at times. Um, Chase, I've never listened to him on the radio, but what I do know of Chase, it seems like he's really mellow, really kind of laid back. Is there a big personality difference there between the two of those guys? or?
1: Oh, yeah. that's uh, Chase is just even – very even keel, even uh, where things are going good or bad, he just tells you what the what the situation is, right. and and that's right. it. Whether it's good or bad, he's not. He can't you know, get a read at all. No, I mean <laughs> he just you know you know I'm really tight. Really, you know it's not. There's no panic. There's no hollering. It's just this is what it is, and no we work
0: on it. Right, right. That's pretty much the exact opposite of me. <laughs> I wear my emotion right about here on my sleeve, and and that's uh, I put it right out there. So. Kevin and Kevin is somebody that can get fired up at times but he can also kind of be even keel mellow at times too right I, yeah I would assume yeah so
2: is that tough for a crew chief to handle not being able to get a read if someone's so even keeled and just no you know, I mean I, I know off. where he st- yeah. I know where he stands <clears throat>
1: you know without the
2: he tells you without getting fired up yeah, yeah. right good trait to have it, it is we're gonna have to sit next to him and get
0: it to rub <laughs> off on me a little bit <laughs> all right well we appreciate it. I know this is indie week a lot going on the shop is busy. Um, I just walked through there. All three cars are are have about ten people surrounding them, getting stuff slung onto them, left, right, back, forth. So uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to to give well, us absolutely. a few minutes in here and and. We'll let Ernie get back to making making our race cars faster, and uh, I know these guys have been really heads down digging for about the past month, and I mean really for it the is. past six months. But yeah,
1: but, but the last couple of weeks in particular. Yeah, this
0: meat of the schedule it gets in, and we got what 16 straight races right now that yeah. we're around that we just yeah. started. So it makes it even more difficult on the on the shop guys as we come back and we get to this road course stretch. Might need might need a car repaired overnight, and yeah. uh, that's when it's going to get really really busy. So uh, we appreciate the time today yeah, and. Uh, Man, looking forward to seeing you guys up in India the rest of the season. Thirty-three points out of the lead right now, I think. Thirty-one. Uh, 31. Thirty-one. points out of the lead, yeah. so uh, within striking distance there, and, and uh, certainly going to be putting a championship push on for the next uh, next sixteen weeks.
1: Yeah, that's right. This 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 stretch here, where we get through this sixteen week stretch, is kind of you know where you're going to stand. Cause you're only going to have three to go after it's over. Right, and we got the wild card races still. I know everybody discussed.
0: Speedway's being a wild card, but we've still got three road course races, and to me, that's right. as big of a wild card as anywhere we go all year. Oh, so. yeah, you
1: can run top five all day and get spun out in the last lap and take 30th. And then you're madder than a hornet.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> when that's when it all pops off. Yeah. That's when you come in and you're you're fighting mad at that point, yeah. just yep. about. All right, well, Ernie, I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck this weekend.
1: Thank you. You too, Regan.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate Ernie Cope coming in here and, and chatting with us. It's always good to get different perspectives from, from different people and, and just See, you know, we've had a couple of crew chiefs on here now. Ernie's a guy that's been around for a while yeah. and and has seen it all through his fifteen plus years of crew chiefing. And and, and then earlier this year we had Dave Ellen, who this is his first year crew chiefing. And and you get uh, you know a different uh, a different perspective from both of them as to you know what's going on and, and how they go about doing different things. And then uh, you know I bet you fifteen years from now if uh, if this show still exists and we're still hosting it, we'll have Dave on and he'll have a he'll have a totally different uh, different uh, perspective than what he did did this past time so always good to hear that they are busy as we discussed uh, the shop right now is is as slammed as i see it with just things going every which way and and uh i know it's tough to tough to get these guys to take time out of their week sometimes but we appreciate that so um looking forward to looking forward to seeing what they're going to do this weekend at indy
2: yeah i know ernie's been someone we've been interested in having on for a long time so i was happy to finally get him on and see what he had to say about the nine car and and Working with Chase and Kevin, I thought that was pretty interesting. So, I'm glad to have Ernie on. Um,
0: yeah, and he's he's gone from you know from two different ends of the yeah. spectrum. Last year, mm-hmm. Kevin Harvick's got as much experience as anybody. He's mm-hmm. got himself personally 15 mm-hmm. years of Xfinity Series racing um, experience. Mm-hmm. Chase in his second year, and and you know here in uh, here in. The differences of working between the two of those, I always, I always, I always get a kick out of that, and and hearing the personalities, because I know yeah. that on the radio I'm a personality. I like, I like finding out what other guys' personalities are like on the radio. Who's even keel? Who's fired up? Who isn't fired up? So it's uh, been
2: fun. I think we have, we've had each crew chief now. Ellen's Burdette, now Cope. We haven't had Burdett on yet. We haven't had we've, on? Been uh, on uh, we've been holding out on that one. Okay, there we go.
0: for a reason we've been holding out on that one. So we're we're gonna get him on soon. That's the plan. We want him on here soon. It's fun
2: to have just another guy, our second-year employee, still young, hasn't been here for a while. Um, There's a lot I feel like there's a lot of that. There's a lot of people that have been here for a while, and there's a lot of people that are new. So it's nice to get a new perspective after someone that's worked at a lot of places um, in the racing world. And somebody that I know is just a complete racing junkie. I don't know if anyone's like that, but, him saying that he'll just watch anything.
0: Like, yeah, well, and I like hearing that because yeah. I, I know myself personally. Some guys say, "Oh, I don't watch the races when I'm not when we're not there or whatever." And, and I know me personally; I, I enjoy watching the race, and, and it's you know it's unique to hear him say that same thing that I I tune in, I pay attention, I know what's going on because most of us are fans first and foremost. You know that's how it starts. You're you're a fan of something, and then maybe you try doing it, and then you get more involved with it, and and it continues on and and just keeps on growing. Until it's your passion and, and you're fortunate to make a living doing it, so uh, it's it's cool to hear him say that. Yeah, I do. I do stay really in tune to what's going on, whether it's cup trucks, you name it, watching mm-hmm. it all. Um, this show is going to air on Thursday, so by the time this uh, this comes on the radio, the dirt race at Eldora will already be over. But uh, certainly it's something we're all excited to watch tonight. I'm, I'm pretty confident there's probably about 100 people that work in this building that'll all be tuning into it and mm-hmm. and checking it out. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who the who the guy that's going to be. The dirt track specialist is going to be this year because I don't think Larson's running it. I don't think you know some of these guys have a lot of dirt experience. running running it, Bubba, which he He, wasn't a dirt track guy. Yeah, he
2: defending winner. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, nice opportunity for Cole to get one in. I hope next week we can uh, discuss it.
0: Selfishly, we will all be pulling for that double zero truck to get up there and and the Haas Automation uh, vehicle to to be up in the front and slinging dirt and and, you know getting Cole some experience on that place. So uh, I'm going to have fun talking to him next time I see him just about what that experience is like knowing that he's got very little dirt racing experience if any I don't I don't think any at this point he said he wasn't doing anything to prepare for it as we discussed uh, in previous shows so uh, that'll be uh, that'll be a, a big uh, big interesting thing to discuss there at some point or another our stuff as we've already said going to Indy this weekend um, huge race you know there's there's a couple races a year that everybody highlights uh, all three teams are bringing brand new race cars that shows you the importance of this race the brickyard is it, it's one of those special places if you can go and kiss those bricks um, that's a win whether it's cup series xfinity series whatever it's in that is a win that that means a lot to you and is special and and uh you know i've, I've got a couple buddies with those gold bricks sitting in their uh in their trophy cases and you see them and, and you you definitely appreciate that and respect that and uh heck i even know jason Burdett, my crew chief went up there Um, two weeks ago after Kentucky. He went up there with his son, Ethan, and they run what they call mini. I think it was mini India is what they call it, I think. And uh, they take the quarter midgets and set up a quarter midget track there and uh, got sent a couple photos from him of almost 400 quarter midgets getting to make a parade lap around that racetrack. So that just shows you 400 people taking a weekend to go up there and race a quarter midget race because they knew the kids would get the opportunity to go around that racetrack and, and see it and get that experience. Um, it shows you at all levels. That's a that's a place that is a, a mecca of racing, and and to me, second to Daytona, it, it is the place.
2: That's um, awesome. That's like getting to play like a little league football game at like Lambeau. That's exact. That's league. exactly right. It's that's really the good. same feel. Yeah. That that's get. like that's that's really cool that they or they a Pop Warner play. football yeah, game. Yeah, Pop Warner game. I think little, League's baseball, yeah, little league baseball. Yeah, little league. The Pop sports
0: Warner. nut that you are. Well, that brings us into uh, hot laps for this week. And Hot Laps, as always, is presented by K1 Speed. K1 Speed is America's premier indoor go-kart racing center with 27 locations nationwide. There is bound to be one near you. Visit K1Speed.com today. Find a location near you. Uh, Why don't you lead us in, first name. Get your little buzzer sounder ready to go over there.
2: Now this is probably a mute point because it's going to offend NASCAR and race fans and probably neither of them would go for it. But it's probably part of my plan to shorten the season and get it done by Labor Day weekend. Indy is a one race a year track. And I would like to see Talladega and Bristol and Daytona, Pocono, all the other famous tracks go to one time a year. Every You go everywhere once, I think that would build up the anticipation each year around each race and it would accomplish what I think should be done, shortening the NASCAR season and getting it done by leverage.
0: I want to discuss water bottles, and and you see these water bottles on the racetrack. Um, I got to tell you something. Those things are expensive. These guys are throwing 10 and $20 bills out the window like it's nothing, so I'm contemplating sticking around on Sundays, and as these water bottles come in, scooping them all up, and taking that opportunity to make a little bit of profit on the side here. If, if you figure each car throws three water bottles a race out times five to ten bucks a water bottle, do the math, we're talking $1,200 a weekend right there.
2: You really care that much about water bottles? No, but I yeah. just
0: thought it would be a fun little thing to talk yeah. about. You know, the the to touch on it briefly a little bit more, um, everybody's got their own way of doing things. I've got a cup holder in my car, and if i got to get rid of a water bottle, I get rid of it. In the pit mm-hmm. stall, as they hand me a fresh one, I just don't think enough ahead of time to throw it out. Um, but each, you know, each team, each driver does it a different way, and, and sometimes you need that mm-hmm. caution really bad, and that water bottle gets slung, and sometimes it creates that caution, and sometimes it doesn't. It was obviously a big point of controversy this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter about it, and uh, and didn't, I, you know, I, I guess I didn't pay as much attention to it as maybe I should have, but uh, it gave me an opportunity to be a little tongue in cheek for a minute there, so. The water bottles aren't cheap, yeah. though. Should
2: it cause a caution?
0: Should it cause a caution? Well, I, I guess it all depends on where it's Context, sitting. yeah. guess it depends on where it's sitting. I mean, if, if somebody froze their water bottle and it's sitting on the racetrack, that'd be terrible. So how do you know if that thing's frozen or not? Yeah, It'd be, be a big piece of debris if it was frozen.
2: That's true.
0: All right, well, we appreciate everybody joining us this week. Ernie Cope uh, coming in to chat with us. Heath White will be back next week with us. and. Believe me, we're gonna hammer him about all this time off. I don't know what he's been doing for two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. I My game
2: upstairs like he's really taking two weeks off. He's not back. I was like, yeah, he really is. taking He's two either weeks. taking
0: two weeks off or he's he's retired and we don't know it. But he seems far too young to be retired. Uh, to me,
2: uh, he he could retire. He he, would,
0: he, could, he could retire. retire. Oh, oh, he could
2: retire. He's got uh, he's got some solid home improvement projects he's constantly working on. He has the Packers to get him through. He'd probably continue watching you and you're racing, but I think he would love retirement. I don't know if
0: he would continue watching.
2: You don't think so? We
0: might have to ask him about that.
2: Okay, that's going to be a topic for next week.
0: All right, guys, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week after Indy and uh, plan on maybe having a winner on, hopefully, uh, if all goes well this weekend.
2: And you can catch this weekend's Infinity Race on Saturday, July 25th on NBC this week at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time also be broadcasted on IMS and Sirius XM Channel 90. We'll talk to you all next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.
2: Race fans, did you know Oscar Blues was the first craft brewery to put their beer in cans? That's right. In 2002, Dale's Pale Ale paved the way for the craft can revolution, allowing their great beer to be taken anywhere, on the trail, a day on the lake, and especially to the racetrack. And with brewery locations in Colorado and North Carolina, you can be sure you'll find Fresh Dales Pale Ale near you. Visit OscarBlues.com and find out where to get your Dales today.